right, all right. Thank you so much for downloading today's episode of Carl Buys Houses. My name's Carl Krenzel, broker over here, your host here today. And I'd like to share with you an article or two today that I found on the internet when I was searching about moms for housing. It's an interesting article that came up out of Oakland, California. Now, if you're not familiar with this overall story, basically, let me catch you up to speed. Back in November of last year, November, I believe, was 19th, something along those lines, a group of mothers decided to go ahead and just take over, squat, inhabit, if you will, a vacant home that they had found in Oakland, California. That vacant home had mold, needed a lot of repairs, and had been purchased recently by a company called Wedgwood. Now, this company is a large company that goes out, buys properties, rehabs them, turns around and sells them. Now, why this is important to people in Tucson, and I made a previous post about this, and I'll make mention of it in today's post, but why I think this is important is because I tend to think sometimes here in Tucson, we have very similar government, if you will, to the people in Oakland, California. I can certainly see the mayor in Oakland, California, uh, in the way she speaks to certain issues, uh, I can certainly see how our mayor could see the same things. And this is important because this homelessness issue is not going away. Now, remember, these ladies had taken over this property uh, under the guise that they had housing was their right. Now, uh, they decided to go ahead and inhabit this property. When Wedgwood found out about it, uh, found out about it, they went ahead and petitioned the court to have them evicted. Uh, they went ahead and got an attorney. Uh, and were able to successfully get a stay over the holidays. The judge decided to go ahead and hear their case, whether or not they had uh, the housing was a legitimate right, a, a, a fundamental right that they were entitled to. Uh, he just he agreed to hear their 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 story. Now this was unusual, and this is why it made a lot of noise, a lot of news, if you will. Now, after the hearing, basically what had happened after the new year, the hearing was held. The judge uh, found that they didn't have any legal right to stay in the property, was ordered them to be evicted if they did not leave. They didn't leave. They were evicted. 5 a.m., Sheriff's Department comes in, arrests a couple people, gets them out. Then, uh, in a surprising turn of events, the mayor kind of steps in and brokers a deal to allow the city land trust to buy the property from the developer at the appraised value, the current appraised value, the, the value they just recently bought it at value. So let's watch how a city can strong arm a developer, a local you know, real estate person, whoever, who's trying to, uh, to you know, just think what you will about a, a developer. This is a property owner. And watch how the city of Oakland is strong-arming a property owner into using local people to do their repairs that they insist on to sell it at a particular price and then what they're going to do with other properties. And I'd like you to step in and watch this with me and then we're going to have some commentary on the other side that I'd like you to watch. Check this out. You, you really won't believe it. Uh, over the last few days, Wedgwood has agreed to negotiate in good faith with the Oakland Community Land Trust to sell them at a price not exceeding the appraised value the Magnolia Street house that the moms had occupied and had been evicted from. And we are all aware 
that the intention of the Community Land Trust is to purchase and fix that home for the moms. But even more than that, Wedgwood has made a historic agreement to change the way they do business in Oakland and to offer community land trusts or other affordable housing organizations or the city the right of first refusal on all of their properties. This means we have the opportunity to, for fair market value, take these homes off of the speculative market and put them into permanent ownership of owners themselves that are low-income families or affordable housing organizations that will keep this housing accessible and affordable for our most vulnerable families. Wedgwood has also agreed to use local Oakland workers from organizations like Cypress Mandela on all their construction projects in Oakland. And for our part, the mayor's office has agreed to convene an advisory board on community ownership of housing to be co-chaired by one of the Moms for Housing. This group will work on many things, including uh, ensuring that this sale of the Magnolia House goes through to the Community Land Trust. But we will also be working on policies that could potentially we will also be working on policies that will potentially ensure that speculative purchases are first offered to affordable housing organizations, as well as a Tenants Opportunity to Purchase Act that would allow tenants to have the first right to buy property that they've been living in before it is offered for sale on the competitive market. These are huge uh, wins in our fight to address the humanitarian crisis of homelessness. Uh, I will add, um, I cannot condone unlawful acts, but I can respect them and I can passionately advance the cause that inspired them. Well, there you have it, folks. That's the good mayor of Oakland sharing with us her ideas about how to solve the housing crisis problem. You know, I got to be honest with you, there's a couple problems that I see, but I don't want to be that guy who just tosses darts at somebody else's problem and says, you're wrong without offering potential solutions of my own. But before I offer my potential solutions, why don't I just point out what I think are some of the obvious problems with this plan. If you look at the, now if, if, of course, if you're listening to the podcast at carlbyshouse.com and you've, you've, you've got this on the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever your Google Plays, wherever you're listening to this, then I would highly recommend that you go to YouTube and take a look at the video version of this as well, because what you'll see while the mayor was speaking was I overlaid in the lower right-hand corner a, a typical vacant property that we have here in Tucson. On. And this is this is a multifamily type property that this mayor is referring to. You know, what they're really referring to doing in Oakland and what they have already done in areas of San Francisco, areas like that, they've already implemented this. This is nothing brand, well, it is new, but this is nothing new in the sense that this idea has been around before. 
right? This idea that giving somebody the first right of refusal on your property may not seem like a big deal. I mean, if they can't afford it, they can't afford it. What's the big deal? Here's the big deal. You'll notice where they say in the fine print that it's going to be sold for fair market value and that the nonprofits have the right of first refusal. Now, buried in the fine print, what they don't tell you is that it needs to be a appreciable difference. So, for example, let's say that the nonprofit offers for, for this piece of crap property that I showed you in the video there, let's say they offered, I don't know, a million dollars. For this nonprofit offered a million dollars, they're going to come in, they're going to fix it up, and they're going to put all the homeless folks in there, uh, a nice Section 8 type place for them to live, whatever, right? They're going to build something. And let's say a developer comes in and offers $1,100,000. Now, technically speaking, okay, they have offered a superior offer, and that the, the, the homeowner, the multifamily owner, whatever the case may be, they have the right to take that offer. Just like you as an individual property owner, as a for sale by owner, as a, as, a, as, a per, as a person who has a home listed with an agent in the multiple listing service, you have the right to take an offer. And then if somebody comes along and makes a superior offer in a multiple offer situation, well, then you have the right to take that offer. Of course you should. But what they're suggesting in Oakland, in, in, in Oakland and have already done in San Francisco, Colorado, California, New York, uh, different parts of the United States have already got this sort of right of first refusal in place. What this essentially does is, essentially does is get the government involved in an extra step because now the government is the one who has the ability to go ahead and make that determination. And the nonprofit can rightfully say, well, look, had we known that it was going to be a million and one hundred thousand dollars well then we would have made our offer that and and we 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 have we have the right of first refusal refusal to match that well at what point does it stop now, i mean i accept that you know for many people if you're not a multi-family owner you're not interested in owning multi-family units and apartment complexes and you're not interested in doing that you can even look at it from your own home because you'll mention, you'll heard her mention that she's wanting to go ahead and uh, institute what's called the Tenants' Right of First Refusal Act. I mean, this is something that they have or that they want to institute in the Oakland area. That if you're a tenant in that area, that you have the ability to do the right of first refusal on that house. Now, it may not seem as a homeowner like a bad thing. You know, for a homeowner, you might be saying to yourself, well, gosh, why is this important? Why should I care? Here's why it's important. Because when you think about it, there are, uh, there's really a number of reasons why this is not good for you. Number one, I put down, there's really six reasons. Oh, I'm down. One, governmental influence never helps. Okay? If they've already started, begun to do this in a multifamily situation, well, then they will definitely do this, and they've already begun to propose to do this in the single-family residence house. You know, if you've got a property that you've lived in for years, a generation, whatever, you want to sell it, Sell it for the most money possible. Let's say you inherited a property. You inherited a property in Oakland, California. That's a lot of money. You want to sell that property because you don't want to live in Oakland, California. Well, guess what? Now you have this issue to deal with. Could you imagine if we had this issue in Pima County? I can. I can certainly see this. The second way this works for you, individual property rights are not community rights. Okay, when you go out and you buy a property, you spend your time, your down payment, your hard-earned equity, your sweat, your blood, your tears, whatever it is, to get your property. It's your property. Yes, you might have 
passed it on to a generational, you know, through five, six generations, who knows? Maybe you might've sold it, but it's still your property. The money you get from it is yours. This is America. Third, housing is not a right. I don't know how to put it to you, but housing is not a right. Okay, housing is a privilege. You have a, a privilege to, to be in a property. It does not mean that you get to stay in somebody's house. Right? You know, a right means that somebody else has to pay for that to make sure that you have it. You have the right to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. That's what's guaranteed to us under the Constitution. It doesn't say that you have the right to this or the right to that. And that's the problem with America today is everybody thinks that they're right, they're right, they're right. But the problem is your rights come with a cost. Next, I wrote down fourth, it's not to exceed the appraised value. These people just bought the property with the intent to sell it to make a profit. So if, if you now take away the profit margin, well, what's the incentive for them to make any investment in that area? Now, take a look at that video. If you have, if you're, again, if you're from the podcast, take a look at the video and you'll see how is a local nonprofit going to accomplish the level of repair that's required in a major reconstruction like that. When you have mold, good gracious. I mean, when you think about all the governmental regulations, everything has to be done to a specific way, particularly in California. If you've got mold, you might as well burn the house down. You might as well burn the entire property down because there's no sense in trying to repair it. It, it costs too much. Let the city, you know, protect, uh, protect the, uh, pretend that it's on fire, uh, set it on fire, and then, and then you know, uh, practice setting it out, <laughs> whatever it takes. But, get, you know, it doesn't make any sense. I wrote down number five, taxpayers eventually pay for everything. This comes from the government. You know, there, it comes from a grant. Yes, but local individual people submit to that grant. I get it. But at some point, there's going to be money that's used and expended on, their, on these people's behalf to rehabilitate this property. That is not something that, the, that, that is, at least from my perspective as a taxpayer, that's not what you need to be doing with my taxes. And if, I was, if this was happening in Pima County, I would be infuriated. I could only imagine how, how aggravating the, the, the citizens of Oakland must be. I mean, th this is ridiculous. And then, of course, next I put down that it's local. This is something for your local charities to take care of, your local churches, your local synagogues, your local mosques. Listen, understand this, okay? It, this is not the government's problem. Housing and housing crisis, the crisis is not a government problem, Okay. Yes, speculative investing has issues. I get it. But on the other hand, these are the very same people who will go out and fix those moldy properties and turn around and sell them to people who can actually afford them. And what's going to end up happening in this particular circumstance is you're going to have some government housing that's being built at some substandard levels by people who are mandated by the state. It's never going to work out. Listen, I'd love to get your opinion. Tell me what you think about it in the comment section below. Share this podcast, share this video, tell somebody about it. And if you have an unwanted property here in the Tucson area, don't let some squatters get into it and start taking it over, saying it's their right to live in it. Sell it to me today, 520-403-6227, or click in the link below for a fast, fair offer on your unwanted home. Thanks for paying attention, and as always have a powerful sales day.